5-Hour Energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then 5-Hour Energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss. Getting rid of old clothes. Oh, my old bell-bottoms. Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. 5-Hour Energy. Energy for hunkering down. All right, well, welcome back to Yankee Chatter. This is episode number two of our Sportcast series of the New York Yankees. My name is Greg Andriano. And I am Brad McCormick. Um, and we are here to talk about all the things that happened in the last week in Yankee Universe. Uh, there were a number of things. If you've been paying attention, some, some signings, some trades. Uh, so let's dive right into it. What do you say, Brad? Let's do it. Okay. Well, before uh, before we do that, say I'm, uh, yes. Let's quickly say on Twitter, I'm at uh, Bradder Chatter One, and uh, go ahead with your stuff. And you can find me at TPC uh, underscore Yankees Blog on Twitter, and you can just search the Pinstripe Chronicle on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, follow, like, share, do all that stuff for us. Yep. Uh, Subscribe. You guys are the key to getting more viewers, so I hope you like yep. what you hear and uh, share it. Ready to go? Let's do it. All right. All right. So on earlier this week, the Yankees signed relief pitcher Adam Adovino, uh, who played for the Colorado Rockies last season, actually for a couple seasons. Uh, he apparently has one of the nastiest sliders in the game, so he could – he will definitely, definitely add to the potency of this Yankees bullpen. He uh, he was one of the big relievers available outside of Kimbrel, the probably the biggest name reliever that was still available. So uh, I think my big question, I think everyone in the world is wondering, will the will the Yankees let him wear number zero? <laughs> That's the big question, huh? <laughs> that is the big question. Uh, probably not. I doubt it. They, don't usually let players wear number zero, but it will be a pleasant surprise. Do you think anybody has ever asked them to wear zero before? I feel like I've heard that before. I want to say someone tried to remember Brian Bruni back nope. when they won the back when they won the World Series. He actually was the last Yankee to wear number ninety nine before Aaron Judge. Okay. Uh, and he won it in two. He, he wore it in two thousand nine uh, as a relief pitcher, and I think. He asked to wear double zero or zero, and the Yankees said no, so he took number 99. Uh, So I doubt it, but, you know, it would be kind of cool if someone wore number zero. Just my Uh, honest opinion. I like that kind of stuff. So I I do, too. I I really like that number zero uh, sticks out. The guy doesn't have a problem with uh, all the attention being on him. But, I mean, the Yankees won't even let a guy have a beard. And I don't think they're going to yeah. wear zero either. So it's it's funny you say that because I was thinking they'll probably let someone wear zero as soon as they get rid of the facial hero facial hero. But I mean, they keep they keep retiring all these numbers. They're going to have to add another <laughs> zero eventually. Yeah. It's even well, they triple were... digits or zero. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so there's that. But um, so last year, and let's get back into uh, his numbers. Last year in Colorado, he was one of the most dominant relievers in the game. He, I believe, he made an All Star appearance. In 75 games, he put up a 2.43 ERA uh, in 77 and two-thirds innings pitched, and he struck out 112 batters. That's like Batanza's numbers right there. And he put those numbers up at Coors Field, which if if any pitcher can do that, that is crazy. That is a good pitcher. You need to pick him up. My only concern is that he turns into uh, Canely 2.0. I don't – you don't think so? Well – it's just sitting in the back of my mind. He probably won't, and it's probably just, you know, me overthinking things. But, you know, Canely was having one of those dominant years when they picked him up from the White Sox, and last year he kind of fell off the radar. So could it happen? It's possible, but all in all likelihood, no, especially when you have um, the bullpen that the Yankees have now. If, if you want to talk a little bit about what they have, maybe we can uh, just say well, 
A couple things about Canley. Canley, yes, he he had dominant. He's more dominant in Chicago than he was obviously last year for Yankees. He was really good for the Yankees when he first came over. And then he kind of this past year he lost the strike zone, mm-hmm. which means he tried to throw more fastballs. And when you're that predictable, that that stuff happens. Plus, Canley was also in a bullpen that was stacked. So I think in most teams he stays in the big leagues and he might work through those issues. But the Yankees, they have so that's, many guys back there. That's true. Sudden, down. Especially with the emergence of Jonathan Holder last season, uh, he saw right. he pretty much took the place of Canley. And it, probably if he has a good spring, I would I would see Holder doing the same this year. Now the the Yankees on top of uh, Odovino, Odovino, uh, you have Jonathan Holder, Chad Green, Dylan Batances, Zach Britton, and closing it out with Aroldis Chapman. A lot of people are saying that this might be the most dominant bullpen in major league history. The Yankees had a really good bullpen last year and there a lot of people are saying that they've improved upon it for this season. Yeah, I agree. Last year they said it was a greatest bullpen in the history. And this year you get Britain for a whole season. He's probably better. He's mm-hmm. better than what he was last year. Out of the better than, uh, uh, Robertson. Was up there and Robertson. Robertson just got too old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, this is a great bullpen. And, I can I relate Adovino to Jeff Nelson more, more than King. Remember Nelson had that great slider, right? Basically the same kind of pitcher. Mm-hmm. He was so important for them in all those '90s years. That's uh, true. He really he was he was the uh, the big setup man for Mariano during the dynasty People years. Forget that. And he had that nasty slider, that sidearm delivery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Adovino is more of his class, so that's why I'm so excited about Adovino. Now he's talking about Holder and Kingley. Uh, Yes, I think one of them stays on the team and one of them might take a backseat because they're basically the same pitcher, if you ask me. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, and I also think that bringing in Britain and Holder, or not Holder, Britain and Adovino, and maybe keeping Canely, uh, Sessa becomes expendable. Now, you could also lump Canely into that conversation as well. They could, in essence, trade one of these guys because you got a couple guys in the in the minor leagues that could come up and fill in some roles there, but if these guys, these core, we got six guys here that um, they could become, if they stay healthy, the most dominant bullpens, you're not going to have a space for Sessa or Canley. Sessa is out of options, I believe, so he's not. Well, who's, you know, the, who's the Yankees' long reliever right now? Do they have one? Well, up until yesterday, Sonny Gray. <laughs> I mean, so I think Sessa is their long reliever now. They yeah, that's Cole, true. That's, they don't have that's a, true. Uh, Warren anymore. Nope. I mean, Warren is still an option. He's, he is a free agent. I doubt they bring him back a, a third time, uh, but you never know. Unless they bring up someone like uh, Loisica to, to be mm-hmm. a reliever. I could see there's that happening, too. Also, I think there's Domingo Acevedo, but he's yep. more of a – I think he turns into more of a Dylan Batances type down the road. Right. Um, That's what I've heard, too. So, but, you know, it would be nice if, if uh, they do get rid of Sessa or Canley – um, if they could get some prospects back like they're doing with the Sonny Gray trade, which we will get into in a little bit. Uh, but they, knew nice to, they do need excess. to – it is. You can never have too much pitching. We said, we said it last week, and we'll probably say it a million times the rest of the time we do this this podcast. So uh, it's just – what it's, think... the effect, it's the effectiveness of these guys. If Canley can't bring it back to, to what he had before he came to New York and, and Sessa can't you know find it, then these guys might not be around for very long. And competition, it brings out the best in people. So Absolutely. Really, which really interesting spring training. Which, you know, you can apply that to the, the whole Greg Bird and, and Luke Voigt situation. Right. I mean, look at, and we can we don't have to talk about this for very long, but uh, look at a couple of years ago before Greg Bird got injured uh, coming out of spring training. He had one of the most incredible uh, springs I've seen in a long time. He hit 400, he hit like eight home runs in spring. And then he him and Harper were tied for the most home yeah. spring training. And and he had competition because he was he was going up against uh, I can't even remember who he was going up against Tyler Austin, and um and he put that spring together and that's what won him the, the starting first baseman job. So maybe that's what Cashman's thinking here is if you give him a little competition, he might become the Greg Bird that we remember, not the Greg Bird that he's kind of turned into. And if worst thing is I mean worst case scenario, you get Luke Voigt who put together a, an ex- excellent. Uh, season last year after he came over from St. Louis. He did. Um, and that's no topic, but 
I think the Greg Bird issue was I put that problem squarely on Cashman because he should never have been put right into the starting lineup last year. He should have been starting in the minors getting his uh, timing back. His recovery time down in AAA was not long enough. He clearly looked looked uncomfortable. He he looked like he was being rushed, and that's not fair to Greg Bird, and it's not fair to the Yankees. Uh, They should have gave Tyler Austin more time. Uh, They probably shouldn't have traded him when they did. Not that he had a great. Uh, he did a really good for Minnesota. They're happy. Yeah, he did. He did, and he'll he'll probably turn into. Well, now that they, I think they signed Logan Morrison or someone to play first base, they traded. Oh, yeah. They picked up someone from Tampa to play first. That played first last year. Maybe it was C.J. Crone. Yes, they did. I, I think Crone. it was. And he'll probably get a lot of time at first base. So maybe Tyler Austin becomes a D.H. or a right fielder or something. But he put together a good season. I would yeah. I would have liked to have seen him get more time. As a as the Twins' first baseman, but I'm coming back to the, I like him. Yeah, he's always a good guy, especially after the whole um, Joe Kelly uh, yeah. brawl he, last he year. You know, still, he, he just, he, I like that fire he had there. Mm-hmm. And it's nice. It would be nice to see some other Yankees get that. But uh, as uh, far as quick, yeah, go ahead. Just say real quick on out of you before we before we get off way off topic is my <laughs> biggest question, Ryan. Can Gary Sanchez catch a slider? That's, <laughs> it's funny, that, but it's true. It is. It's a very fair the, question. That's the million-dollar question. If you go on Twitter right now, that anything that comes up about Gary Sanchez is, is can he catch that nasty, nasty slider? And I think he will. I think he needs to get used to it. It's big thing about catching and hitting is picking up a pitcher's release point. And I think once he gets more comfortable with them, he'll be able to. And, you know, if, if you've seen pictures of Gary Sanchez online lately, he's lost a lot of weight. He's not the same guy he was coming into last offseason I think he's going to bounce back in a big way for the Yankees this year yeah he'll, he'll be fine he'll be going to work with out of you know all spring training when you know mm-hmm. what's coming it's easier to catch he'll, mm-hmm. he'll, I, I think he'll be just fine with that mm-hmm. now he's he's going to be in his is this his second or third full season now third full season as the Yankees full season. as the Yankees catcher I think he's gonna grow a lot and be more of what they were looking for he just needs to stay healthy well this is his season to prove himself if he can't yep. prove that he's uh more consistent player, both behind the plate and at the bat, mm-hmm. then they're going to have to look to make a move. Yep. Yep. I think, me. I think him and bird are going to be under the same microscope this year. Maybe uh, he gets a longer leash than bird just because of the fact that he, what well, he's still, done. Yeah. Yeah. He can still, he may not hit for average, but he's still got a cannon for an arm and he can still probably hit 20 home runs. He may not hit 280 like he did two years ago, but you know, no, but for you a catcher, that's good. He hit, Look at the kind of home runs he hit at Fenway last year in the playoffs. Yeah, and you're absolutely. Like, you can't you can't get rid of that talent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we'll see what happens. Um, moving on, let's talk a little bit about Manny Machado. Um, Got to talk about Manny. Yep. Yep. We we don't really have to get into Bryce Harper because not much has changed on him. But this past week, a lot has popped up about Manny Machado. Uh, he hasn't signed yet. Uh, a lot of people are saying the Yankees are out of the running. I don't think they are. I will not think they are until he's being announced. And he <laughs> picks up another team's jersey and says, I'm glad to be a part of this team. Uh, that's going to sell it for me. I know a lot of people out there probably think I'm crazy, but that's going to be the case. You don't, you don't know. Yankees can pounce at any moment, as we've seen in the past. I mean, what do you think, Brad? I think a week ago I would, I would agree with you. But I think now I'm, i I got to leave that train, man. i got to move on. <laughs> I, think, I think Manny's in the past, I think they have their sights on other people that we'll get uh, talking about. Yep. Um, the fact that I've her. The fact is that the Yankees, as an organization, couldn't all get on the same page concerning wanting Manny mm-hmm. Machado, so it wasn't worth the money. Uh, is that the right thing? You know, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to pass up a guy with that talent, but they really do have their bigger, greater things, and mm-hmm. they have a team right now that's better than last year, the 100-win team. I'm okay with it, but as mm-hmm. far as where Manny's going, I, I honestly think uh, it's not going to be the Yankees. <laughs> that's a fair fair assumption um and you know you, you you're probably not wrong um i just don't believe it just because of the whole mark Teixeira situation back in 2009 right. you, you just don't know um it'll be a pleasant surprise if he is a yankee but if he doesn't sign with them you know i'm not gonna be overly shocked but you know some of the rumors that came out this past week uh you know they're saying the white Sox are the favorites there apparently there was a video shot by his or yonder alonzo's wife with Manny Machado in the background wearing a White Sox hat. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about this. Uh, Every little thing they could find. He's, he's like way in the background, and, and he's definitely wearing a black hat, but you can't tell what it is. People are saying 
he, he's already signed with the White Sox. I, I don't know. Uh, and then his, his dad, his estranged father, who he doesn't really associate with anymore, saying that everyone's given him an offer that's, that has planned to give him an offer, including the Yankees. And, but then there's people coming out of the Yankees camp saying they haven't offered him anything yet. It's just everything's all over the place, and I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of it, <laughs> to be honest with you. It's just there's no consistency with the reporting. And well, that, I think these sources have to be more accountable. Like, I, I can't stand people say my sources tell me, and it's something that's so out of the field. Like, we mm-hmm. need to be holding these writers, reporters more, I think, more accountable for their sources. I completely agree. And Machado's um, agent, he called them out this past yeah. week. I believe it was Buster only, and I don't remember who the other guy was. Maybe it was John Morosi. I could be wrong. Don't hold me to that. But right. definitely only was one of them. And he called him out. He said, you, you, you know, check your sources. You can't be just throwing information out there. And there, he's absolutely right. It makes Machado look bad. It makes it makes everyone involved look bad, really. And you can't have that. These guys need to be held yeah. accountable. So that brings me to the point where, you know, maybe the Yankees aren't com- completely out of it. They're definitely monitoring it. And they wouldn't be doing their due diligence if they weren't monitoring the whole situation. Uh, because... There was an there was a rumor out there that the White Sox put a seven year, 175 million or so dollar offer out on the table. And if that's the case, and you're the Yankees, and that's all they're offering, and that's all the market is, then then you need to kind of reconsider your stance on him. If you can get him for 200 million dollars and and add it on an eighth year, you might as well try, right? I mean, 200 million dollars, yeah, it's not what anyone, especially the Yankees, even no, thought was possible to sign. That's less than Cano. That's I mean, it's 2500 or 25 million a year. Which would be more annual, annual, ad, annual average compared to Cano. Just A V. A A V from now on. But it's still less. Do you? I don't believe Do you believe the it. agent that I, it was a real offer, or, do you, or it wasn't a real offer? Do you believe the sources that it was a real offer? That's kind of. I'm confused because they they painted this huge picture of him get being him and Bryce Harper being around the first to get around four hundred million dollars. And and to come in that low, especially compared to people who've gotten a hundred seventy million dollar, hundred seventy five million dollar contract, Jacoby Ellsbury, um, <laughs> you know he is not the same caliber of player as Ellsbury. Machado is far superior, and it just it surprises me. So I don't believe it a hundred percent. But and the off chance that I, it I is, think... you go for it. You know, I think there's two ways looking at it. Lozano could be coming out like this because he doesn't want teams to know that's how low the market is right now. Because yeah. everyone's going to be low volatile. He'll probably get a ton mm-hmm. of offers around $200 million. Uh, but from what I've heard from people, Lozano is not really the kind of agent to speak publicly. So the fact that he came out so angry and uh, yeah. so, uh, you know, concerned about these sources makes me believe that this really was not correct, not truly reported. Right. I agree with that. And, and that's why... I kind of don't believe it. I'm leaning more towards that than anything. Uh, but he, it is said that he will take the highest offer. So it kind of makes sense that Lozano, excuse me, would come out and say something like that because he doesn't want, like you said, he doesn't want teams knowing where the market is. So they'll come in and say, oh, well, that rumor wasn't true. I still want to offer $280 million or $250 million. And, and that's why he, he wants to build up Machado's market. So I would say more or less he's he's protecting him in the sense that the, the offer's not true. But yeah. in the back of your mind, you're still thinking about it. I don't think the White Sox would go after a guy like Danny Machado and offer him that contract, honestly thinking that he might like it. Because all you're going to do is insult the guy if that's yeah. a real offer. Well, and that's look not going to make you any friends. And that goes back to the whole Cano situation. I know I harp on him a lot because he was my favorite Yankee when he, I mean, when that happened. And and I was upset when he left for all that money. But, I mean, you look at what the Yankees offered him, and they offered him uh, wasn't much more than what they offered Ellsbury. And he was insulted because they're not the same right. caliber player. Yeah. So if I'm Machado and, and I'm all this, you know, all this was built up to be, uh, you know, he's getting all this money or could get all this money this year, and now it's not, I would be a little insulted. I mean, you're undervaluing his – performance you're undervaluing his abilities it's not is yeah that's that's where we are and this is could lead into a much larger issue coming down the road uh when the next uh cba is it right cba collective bargaining agreement yeah is, expires 
um, you know, there could be a potential strike. And this could be a big conversation for another time. Uh, but you mentioned it last week, and it's kind of been through social media this past week. Evan Longoria posted something. I think Jake Arrieta posted something about how these free agents yep. are being handled. And and I know we have a, a topic on that later, so maybe we can talk about that a little bit later. But it does apply to Machado, too. And yeah, Harper. we'll definitely have to talk about it later. It's just a, a big problem when you have two of the game's top generational talents and mm-hmm. so few teams involved in them. It's mm-hmm. a problem. And we're we're going to talk about that later in the uh, in the show here. But yep. it's a big I, problem, and major leaguers are seeing this, and it's mm-hmm. gonna it's gonna come to a, a boiling point at some point. It will, it will, and I would not be surprised if there's another player strike. I mean, the last one we had was back in '94, and as a fan, and that's devastating. You want to watch your team play. You want to watch baseball, especially when baseball, like for me, baseball is my favorite sport. So if there's no baseball, I'm kind of miserable. Like right now, with all the even though it's football <laughs> playoffs and college basketball and, and the NHL is going on. And I do have teams that I follow. I'm, you know, I would much rather we're still watch sitting here baseball. We're talking about Yankees. Yeah. My season never ends. My my baseball <laughs> season never ends. And it's not because I live in Florida and I get to play year-round uh, softball. But it is, I mean, it's what I'm most passionate about. So Yeah, uh, you're playing with, softball. I'm snowballing two feet of snow. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I have, a smart one here. I have three games this week. What are you doing, Brad? Uh, I'm <laughs> throwing rock salt down on my back. <laughs> Yeah, you guys got what about a foot of foot of snow? Uh, yeah, about between sixteen, eighteen inches. Yeah. Oh, even more. It was I've a good getting, one. It was a good storm. Yeah. I've been getting pictures from my dad all day, so uh, I don't miss that. I don't miss shoveling well, at all. I, I I don't envy you guys. You know, I, honest to God, I'm I'm snowblowing my driveway today, and you know, I'm, it's taking me a, a couple hours to so think about a lot of things. I'm thinking to myself, if I'm a free agent, I love. Thank God, as a Yankee fan, they have such a great reputation because if I'm a free agent. Why would I come to New York? It's mm-hmm. first of all, it's the highest tax state. Second of all, it's it's the highest uh, uh, living. It's the most expensive to live in state. Mm-hmm. And third of all, you saw those guys last April. They were miserable because it was 30, 40 degrees out when they're playing home games. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's not just the, the Yankees have a good reputation. Yeah, and it's not just the the Yankees. You know, you got to think about Boston. You got to think about. I know Boston, uh, Cle- yeah. Cleveland, Minnesota, Seattle, all these places are cold under an opening day. And, and it might persuade, it might dissuade someone from signing with them. And you're right. Luckily they do have the reputation, that history that, that you hope sw- persuades someone to sign with them. Uh, I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's a lot, so many things to consider as a free agent that I'm fortunate. I don't have to think about, but at the same time, it's, I you wish know, I had be, to think about it. Yeah, it'd be nice because yeah. I wouldn't mind getting $25 million a year. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, anyways, right, uh, so we here. talked about, yep. So another thing that popped up this week was that uh, the Padres are very interested in acquiring Corey Kluber. Um, they have the prospects to do it. They have one of the deepest systems in the major leagues. They could definitely pull off a trade. But the big thing is that if they acquire him, they would flip him. Definitely trade him away. Uh, and they're looking for a third baseman. Well, who has a third baseman that they could potentially trade away? The Yankees do, right? If they, Not happen, if they don't sign Machado. If they happen to sign Machado, then they have a plethora of third basemen, probably one that would not see much playing time. His name's Miguel Andujar, and the Padres have been linked to Andujar before. They're very interested. So, in theory, they could acquire Kluber through a trade with San Diego. I, what, are your, what are your immediate thoughts I, on this? I think in a perfect world, that's a great situation. I, that mm-hmm. Indians won't trade to the Yankees because they know they'll have to play in the playoffs, or mm-hmm. as a possibility of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they wouldn't trade. They wouldn't even do a straight deal with them to begin with because right, of that. That's what I mean. So, so they have to have, have that in the San back Diego. of them. Yeah. Uh, I think it's. I love it. I just don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think the Indians would purposely wait until someone like Machado signs because. That way they'll know if the Yankees mm-hmm. can even do it. Because if they don't get Machado, they're not sign- they're not trading into our way. Nope, they, and they can't. They, they, so yeah, I think there's no reason will to. do what they can to make sure this does not happen, which means mm-hmm. I don't see it happening. Unless which, it's which something means, that they get like a the trade deadline. Yeah, which means the Yankees would have to either sign Machado now or they make another move, which we're about, where we will get into after this, converse, this part of the conversation. Yeah. Um, and that's get another third baseman via the trade trade market. So let's play a hypothetical here. Um, if San Diego 
did actually make this trade and you're the Yankees and you're Brian Cashman, would you, would you do it? Would you jump back into the ring and try and get Kluber? The Yankees, every, pretty much every offseason in recent years, say their number one uh, target is starting pitching. Uh, so I don't know why they wouldn't. I would definitely go to Kluber. If, if, if Andujar was expendable, I'd do it. I'd give them a top pitching prospect, Andujar, and a draft pick. Something, well, I'm third piece that they're going to want a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I so, do it. I, I give it so to Kluber. No Ellsbury? You don't think they'll take Ellsbury? <laughs> oh, I'd love to, I'd love to trade with Ellsbury. <laughs> but why would the Padres do unless, unless the Padres think they can win within the next few years and can handle that contract, but I don't yeah. see that happening. Well, even if they were, they, they would probably ask the Yankees to contribute. contribute but if, to, to the nice thing Yankees. about that deal would be uh, that would be a big salary dump for them to take on a contract like Machado's. Uh, which is that'd be you know, great. That'd be great. Uh, and another player that they probably could have dangled in front of San Diego was Sonny Gray, but unfortunately, you know, something else has happened on that front, and we'll get that, into that in a minute. So, you're saying, in order to get Kluber from the Padres, you would need to give Andujar. You need to give a top pitching prospect, definitely, like a Loaiziga, maybe. I mean, he's their top pitcher in the in the system right yeah. now, or they Chance Adams, like um, and. Uh, a low level well, prospect. Can't afford to do. They can afford to. Do. They yeah, they have a prospects. deep system now. Yeah, they could definitely um, do that. So but, I think if San Diego was able to get Kluber, I think the Yankees would become the number one team involved with them through a trade. I think they could do it. Oh, absolutely. They have past experience with them. They traded Chase Headley, um, and Gervis Solarte. Uh, Solarte, yeah. They have a history with San Diego. They could possibly make a deal. And you know, I saw on. I made a I made a tweet a couple of days ago saying, well, you know, Yankees should do this, and I had some guy respond and say, well, Cleveland wouldn't do or Cleveland would make some sort of agreement with the Padres where they can't. You can't uh, do that. It's, you can't do it's that. Not it's not one. It's not legal, and two, that's stupid. That is, is the dumbest stu- thing. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You can't tell another team what they can and cannot do with a trail tra- player once, once you that trade happens. He's yeah. property of San Diego, and they yeah. do whatever they want with him. Yeah, and if the Yankees had the best offer on the table, which odds are they would, then if you're San Diego, you'd be dumb not to accept that trade. Yeah. Or so is, to, what is this the honor? The honor uh, yeah. system? Oh, <laughs> we'll trade no, you this as long as you don't trade him with to the Yankees. I mean, if you're Trading with a division rival, obviously they're not going to trade <laughs> to the Yankees. That's that's dumb. They're going to have to see right. Kluber three or four times a year. That that doesn't make any sense. But the Padres are in the National League West. They're not going to. They don't care what, about the. They don't mind the Yankees at No, they're not absolutely. Gonna especially if they're going to get a, anytime soon. Yeah. Especially if they're going to get a bunch of prospects from the Yankees. What, yeah. what would stop you from that? So anyway, San Diego doing a heartbeat. Yeah, there's there's been some shenanigans online like that, and you know I don't get it. I I can see why they would not trade to San Diego because they would turn them around and trade to to the Yankees, but to tell them not to that's dumb. Yes, yeah. insane. And uh, that would happen, but but that being said, I still think you know I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist. There's all these crazy things that could happen, and I just don't think the Yankees get Kluber because they're not going to send Machado. That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I don't see this happening. Anyways, I have a feeling that Kluber is not going to be traded this year. Well, At I, least I don't get what not in the doing. preseason. Like, Cleveland's having they have the division handed to them, and they're yep. worried about dishing these guys out. Do you know how many people Cleveland has lost? It's staggering how many pieces of their team last year that they have lost. <laughs> and I'm surprised they still it's have Lindor and Jose Ramirez. I'm surprised they yeah. haven't traded them away. I mean, but the they, Twins but, have quietly added some pieces. They need mm-hmm. Cleveland needs to well, look out for Minnesota this year. Yep, and they they were going to last year, but Minnesota completely underperformed last year. They were the, really the only competition Cleveland had at all because the Royals are yep. they're rebuilding, um, the Tigers are rebuilding. So really, yeah. all you have is is the Twins and the Indians. I mean, they need yeah, Twins need to know, and Bucks gonna have a big big uh, mm-hmm. bounce back years. And, and I think they'll and, be right there. Yep. And especially if Cleveland keeps getting rid of these guys. I mean, they got Carlos Santana back, which is a big, a big thing. They lost yeah. Edwin Encarnacion, but I mean, aren't they pretty much? Well, Encarnacion's a, a little bit better power numbers, but you got a, you have a defensive player in Santana and a guy who can hit for more average in Santana. 
So yeah, I think they're making out better there, but they're not, they're definitely not the same team they were the last year. And, and like no. you said, they, they've had the division handed to them the last two or three years. Why, why change that? There's no competition yeah. unless they, they unless they really they feel like they can still handle it. But you know, if teams start making moves like the, the Royals are, then or not the Royals, the twins, the twins. Then, then you, you know, why get rid of guys? So anyways, right. I don't see this happening. It'd be crazy and cool if it did. And it would be like Cashman is in some sort of ninja, but, uh, no, I don't see that <laughs> Which happening. Which he loves that he is. <laughs> yep, cash ninja. So, uh, moving on, uh, the thing that it hasn't been announced by either team yet, but as of yesterday, uh, it was announced that the Yankees are about to close out a trade with the Cincinnati Reds, sending right-hand pitcher uh, Sonny Gray to Cincinnati in exchange for their number seven overall prospect, Shed Long. That's a fun name. Uh, Shed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a draft pick and a third player that has yet to be named. I haven't been on Twitter lately, so I don't know if any of that's come out. But as far as I know, it hasn't been officially announced or finalized. Uh, but, you know, this is probably a good thing for Sonny Gray. It gets him out of New York. And uh, It's a good thing for everybody. He's going to be good in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. He wanted to get away. He just wanted him away. I think he's gonna his career will start to come back a little bit to mm-hmm. what it used to be in Cincinnati. I think it's good for everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, the Ottavino trade or Ottavino signing hasn't been officially announced yet by the Yankees either. It's done deal. Physicals like and forty man roster stuff. Yep, yeah. he's not on the forty man roster yet. So trading Gray away will open up a spot for him. Um, but also, Shed Long was on the Reds forty man roster. So bringing him over in a trade, the Yankees would have to clear a spot for him. Otherwise, they'd have to DFA him. Uh, so I would expect another corresponding 40-man roster move coming, which brings up the whole conversation about Luis Sessa or right. Tommy Canely. Obviously, Canely disappeared off the Yankees' radar, and they traded for him specifically in that trade from the White Sox. So it would be sad to see them give up on him, but you know, one of these guys are going to have to be DFA'd. What it's- about Tyler Wade? Is he still on a 40-man? Tyler Wade is, but I wouldn't expect them to— They have to- a pretty crowded infield. They do, but I would still I still see him as a Ronald Torres type this year. Uh, I could see him being a pinch runner since he's so fast. Uh, he is very good with the glove, so I don't. So you see think that. they keep him around? Okay. I think they keep him around. Um, but so looking back at this at this trade, you know you're getting a guy in Shed Long. He's a left-handed hitter. He's a middle infielder. I think he played second base last year with the the Reds triple or double A team. Yeah. Uh, he, hit, yep. he hit 261. He hit 12 home home runs and 56 RBIs and almost an entire season. Uh, he's a good young hitter. He could make his way up through the Yankee system. Uh, and if he develops a little bit more, he could turn into a nice trade chip down the road. But trade I would chip ex- or another reason to let Tyler Wade go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, you know, just throwing that touché. out there. <laughs> yep, no, it's touche. So training Gray also clears up about $8 million worth of salary which is a good thing. Um, you know, they're already over the, I think they're already over the $206 million um, tax yeah, threshold. Uh, now there are tiers in the, in the tax threshold. Right. Uh, um, so this year they, they would, I don't know, I don't know the exact numbers, but if they go over 246 million, I think that kicks it up a notch. Yeah, I think they're uh, like what? 215. Something they're they're like well that. below the second mm-hmm. threshold. Mm-hmm. So um, going back to gray, you know, he needed to get out of the Yankees. He needed to, uh, he was four and four last year um, at Yankee Stadium with a 6.98, almost a seven ERA and 60 innings pitch. You know he's a completely different starter away from Yankee Stadium. He went seven and five. He had a almost a three ERA, uh, 3.17 in 71 innings. He pitched far more away from Yankee Stadium, and he was far more effective. And so the reason why Gray was so valuable in this offseason as a trade chip was the fact that he performed away from Yankee Stadium. Teams could take a flyer on him in hopes that he would have a rebound season because the reason Yankees traded for him is because he was having a phenomenal season with the A's. I don't see this being any different once he puts on a Reds uniform. No, I think it's going to be more the same as it was in Oakland. It's the same kind of situation in Cincinnati. Now, Cincinnati's ballpark is a lot like Yankee Stadium. Balls fly, which gets me a little worried because he Mm -hmm. gives up the long ball a lot. It's true. Uh, but I think he'll be able to relax and be more himself in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. He just did not get along from day one with the fans in New York. 
he had that famous uh, incident last year where after he got pulled early in the game, he was smiling on his way back to the dugout yeah. and everyone was pulling him. Yep. It just never really clicked with him in New York. Mm-hmm. He'd always tell in his, in his post-game interviews he was just wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. So I think he, he's more to himself. He gets back to himself in Cincinnati. It's not going to be easy because that ballpark. But I, I think that – and that division is not very easy either. Um, no, not – It's going to be better than it was in New York. Definitely yeah. not better in New yep. York. I see him having a similar situation to um, Harvey last year. He could come – you know, Harvey bounced back in a big way and as right. a red – and now he's got a, I think a couple year, a multi year deal from the Angels. I believe he signed with the Harvey? Angels. Harvey. Yeah. Uh, so you know this could do number of good things for Sonny Gray. I believe he's a free agent after this year, anyways. So you know, put up 16 wins as a Red and pitch to these numbers um, that you had on the road as a Yankee, and you could see him probably getting a two or, th- or a three year deal, four year deal after he uh, becomes a free agent. Probably goes back to Oakland. Since he's had all the success there, and they probably want him know. back. If they want him back, I, I don't see why he wouldn't go there. Well, o- Oakland's desperate for starting pitching, and if he can bounce back to that pitcher, I don't see it. I don't see why he doesn't go yeah, back. Yeah, it's there. like they're not going to be able to afford him because he's not mm-hmm. going to demand top dollar. I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say. So, all all you people out there thinking, well, you know, we gave away all this big talent to even acquire Sonny Gray. Um, you know, let's let's just briefly discuss what we gave up again. Uh, Yankees gave up Dustin Fowler, uh, James Caprillian, and Jorge Mateo, which were three of the Yankees' top prospects at the time. And only the only player out of those three that has even seen the major league level has been Dustin Fowler. He started the season last year with the A's, and he struggled. He struggled in a big way. He only played 55 or 69 games with the A's, and he, he only put up a 224 average. Uh, he, he just didn't perform Caprillion. Uh, he had Tommy John surgery. He was recovering from that when he was traded. He hasn't even thrown a pitch in for in a professional game since being traded. And Jorge Mateo, he's, uh, he played a full season in triple a last year and he has, I think he's regressed in a big way. So if you look yeah. at it, the Yankees turned Sonny Gray. I mean, he was disappointing, but he, they turned him into a prospect a high-level prospect, and you gave up guys who were held at a high regard in the Yankees system, but they really haven't panned out for the A's. Not to say that they won't, but they haven't yet. Well, it might be too early to tell on Capri Leonard Fowler or Mateo. I'm, I give up, I'm giving up on him. Mm-hmm. I was always a big fan of him in the Yankees system, and just mm-hmm. he never He's... took that next step. He had kind of an attitude issue. So I don't know about mm-hmm. him. But Fowler and Capri Leonard, I'm still going to hold out on because mm-hmm. they're prospects. They were prospects in the game the A's. They need time to develop. Mm-hmm. I know. We'll see. I know the jury's still out on those. Too. Yeah, I know Fowler was your boy when he was in the Yankee system, and it was kind of disappointing to see uh, him get traded away, especially after what happened to him that one right. that one game in Chicago. Uh, so yeah, you're right. I mean, they could bounce back. He, they're still. I mean, Fowler's only 24. Caprellian's only 25. They're still young guys. Right. They they're could still. still I, do. We'll wait. We'll wait and see I, those. I would take more stock in Fowler bouncing back in a big way, but Caprillion having Tommy John surgery, you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, that's kind of what the Yankees are going through with Montgomery right now. Um, yeah. He might come back and he might be the same pitcher he was. He might be better. He, he could be a lot worse. It's, it's a tricky surgery to bounce back from. So, yeah, I'm, I agree with you, Brad. They could, they could have something left in the tank. But Mateo, forget it. He's yeah. not, he's not the same guy. We're on the same page there. Yep. All right. So, um, so I think we'll chalk it up as an even trade for now. It's kind of like the Seattle trade with Pineda and uh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the fat guy there. They got something. They got some time. They got some innings out of Sonny Gray. But, you know, he was not the pitcher they traded for, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so anyways, looking forward to seeing what they do in, as a as a follow up to this move. Obviously, they need to do something with the extra guys on the 40 man roster. Maybe they end up flipping shed long you don't know i don't know what right, their so the first are. thing i thought was was him just being a, another piece that cashier can flip at some point because mm-hmm. that infield's pretty much set for a while unless they're not going to make uh dd a long uh, an extension a long-term extension mm-hmm. which I, cashman I has yeah, which cashman has said that he would like to bring back hicks and dd in, in an extension so um for him to come because out and say that if you have dd and you have you're going to have Torres for a while, then yep. Shed Long's not going to position. So you're either going to move Torres over to shortstop and not give Didi an extension, or your mm-hmm. Shed Long is just going to be 
utility mm-hmm. guy or a trade piece. To, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a trade piece. Yep. Which, you know, the thing that they could do is, like we said, you know, you can never have too much pitching. Could they turn this around and uh, make an offer for a Madison Bumgarner or something like that? You, you don't know. I hope I so. Mean, that would be nice because the Yankees could use another ace-like pitcher. You can never have too many. I don't know how many times we, we can say this, and I don't know how many times people are like, well, no, I wouldn't give up the talent for that. But, you know, what if Severino gets hurt? What if Tanaka gets hurt? What if these guys get hurt? Yeah. Your, your key pitchers, that could be a problem. You know, what happened last season? Do you want that to necessarily happen again? If you have six or seven really good starters and two or three aces or guys that could be aces elsewhere, you're sitting pretty with the starting rotation. You really are, especially yeah. with injuries. That could you put always... Bumgarner into that postseason rotation would be unbelievable mm-hmm. and that because that's where he performs. Mm-hmm. Bumgarner, if, if, if the Yankees fall back into that wildcard game, you could put, put Bumgarner on there and you know you're going to win the wildcard game. Yeah, easily. And the other wonderful thing about acquiring someone like Bumgarner is that that's another lefty you have. You have yeah. Hap, you have Paxton, you have CC, and now Montgomery, and now you have someone like Kluber, or not Kluber, sorry, Bumgarner. That's Bumgarner. five that's five lefties. And and for a, a ballpark like Yankee Stadium, you can never have too many lefties. Yeah. So so you, I would you wanna you wanna neutralize left hand hitters mm-hmm, as much big as you time. can. Big time. And guys like that would definitely do the trick. So speaking of teams out in the West, the other big um, the other big rumor that surfaced this week was uh, Yankees uh, gearing up to make a run for Nolan Arenado. Uh, he becomes a free agent after the 2019 season, but there has been talk of the Yankees potentially trying to make a deal for him now uh, with the mm-hmm. intent of making an offer to extend him after this year. Um, right. which is a nice fallback plan to Machado because Arenado is one of the best, if not the best defensive third baseman in the game right now. I don't think there's any argument about that. I mean, how many times you turn on the TV and you see some sparkling play that he's made. He is right. filthy at third base. And I don't know why you wouldn't want him. He's 28 right now. He'll be 29 um, at the end of the season. So he's, I get why he's a little older than Machado. You're kind of hesitant to do that. Cause that'd be the same thing as, offering a 10-year deal to someone like Cano, you know? Uh, Arenado probably wouldn't sign a 10-year deal, uh, or the Yankees wouldn't go after him for a 10-year deal. But if you trade for him now and you get and you lock him down long-term, that takes care of your third-base situation. I would assume the, the Rockies would be interested in someone young and promising like Andujar, so I don't see why he wouldn't be involved in the trade. But there's a lot of speculation that this is purely just a ploy from the Yankees to um, to lower down Machado's market. It always, I mean, people always bring it back to Machado. They always bring it back to Machado, and it very well could be. I mean, think about it. Anytime the Yankees get involved in in any rumor, I mean, Corbin definitely played up the Yankees during his during mm-hmm. his free agency um, to get him a better deal. I mean, the Yankees never made him an offer, but you know, the fact that they were involved and had interest and had him come visit. Yankee Stadium, that probably helped him out a lot. So think about the Yankees now losing interest in a player like Machado in exchange for, uh, or instead of focusing on a player like Arenado, you know, all the Phillies are going to be like, well, the Yankees aren't going to swoop in, or the White Sox are, are thinking the Yankees aren't going to swoop in last minute and make some crazy offer. If they have someone like Arenado, we'd be more comfortable offering him that $200 million instead of $300 million. So I get it. But I mean, I mean, what do you think? What do you think about I, I think Arenado? I don't think it's a, like I said, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't think it all roads. I don't think all roads lead back to Machado. Okay, this is to, something <laughs> totally different. I think this is what people think the Yankees are going to do, and now that they heard, they're not in on Machado. A couple things. I don't see Colorado trading Arenado before the season. Colorado, I think, is might be the best team in the West now because the Dodgers, ever since they kind of cleared house, they didn't make any moves. They really. Need they need outfielders? Uh, their pitching isn't as good as it was without uh, when they trade away Alex Wood. I don't think the Dodgers have made enough moves this offseason to stay the favorites in the West. I think Colorado is a real shot at, at winning that division because they weren't that far behind last year. Uh, so That's true. Tra- trade Arenado 
now just doesn't make sense to me because you're basically saying we're close, we're close. But, mm-hmm. You know, let's let's take another step back and we'll, we'll do this and, again in a few years. Well, the, here's the other thing is you got to also look at the fact that Colorado has lost guys too. I mean, they lost LeMahieu. He signed with the Yankees. They we lost Adovino. He signed with the Yankees. Uh, you know, those are two two of their key guys. And if, if you're going to consider trading Arenado, then why not consider trading Blackman? Why not consider trading some of these other guys? It's it's a, it's a there are a lot of things that can happen if they decide to go that route. But you know, I still think they're trying to win. I mean, they don't they let Lemayhew go, agree. but they but they signed a guy like uh, Daniel Murphy. Uh, Daniel Murphy, which you don't do unless you think you can win this year. So I think mm-hmm. they're still trying to win. Yeah, now, they're a good team. You're right. They are, and I so I don't think Yankees get him for this season. Now, as far as next season, so a lot of people are saying there's no way Kyra lets a guy like Arenado go. He's the guy. If they're going to spend money on anybody. He's the guy. Uh, I know it's against the rules, but you gotta you gotta feel like Yankees have some loosely affiliated player out or guy out there that says to uh, Arenado's agent, maybe just hold back, pump the brakes on uh, doing uh, an extension in Colorado. Let's just. You might want to wait and see what, what a certain team in New York might offer him next uh, next season. It's I true. think something like that's going on. It's true, and and again, that comes with the whole well, the Yankees being involved. You know, if if the Yankees if they know that the Yankees are interested, they're going to play that up and try and get the best the biggest contract that they can. Uh, so yeah, I don't see why they. I'm with you. I don't see why they would. But let's play the hypothetical card. All right, if they did swing some sort of deal for Arenado and traded him and had the in- intention and he was fully on board with signing an extension with the Yankees. Uh, you know, what does it take to get him? What do you give up for someone like Arenado? If you're well, the Yankees? Arenado, it's, it's gotta be something uh, similar to what you give up for Kluber. It's kind of the same. I, I look mm-hmm. at them as the same caliber of play at their positions. And, and it had to be an impressive package. The Yankees send over of mm-hmm. prospects and MLB ready players, mm-hmm. which obviously would include Andujar. I mean, obviously, if you're going to acquire a third baseman, you got to pretty much give up your current third baseman. There's no place else for him to play. So he's probably involved. You got to think that maybe two or three other big or maybe another MLB level player, maybe like a um, someone out of the bullpen or or, um, you know, like a Tyler Wade or some. I don't know. Maybe Tyler, maybe like Greg Berg or something like that. Someone who might still have value if they can prove that they have value uh, and they're he's MLB ready. Um, but, you know, it's going to. It's going to take a lot to get someone like him. And you don't know if they do pull that off, if he is going to sign an extension. And even if he does, you know, you gave up, you're gutting your system for a position player, which are usually plentiful during the free agents during the offseason. I would much rather see the Yankees make a trade of this magnitude for a pitcher. And I've been saying that all offseason. Right. And I'm sure you've been, you've been thinking the same way because there aren't many good pitchers out there available on the free market, free agent market. You want to make a trade for that. You want to sign a batter, sign a bat, trade for pitching. At least that's the impression that I'm getting. That's the way that people are talking um, this past off season. So um, now the only way they get Arenado, I believe is through free agency next year. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so, a real possibility. It's, it is, it is. And if they do end up missing out on Machado, you know, that's what the Yankee fans are going to be looking forward to next year. Oh, well, you know, they didn't get Machado. Let's focus on Arenado. Yeah. Weird, weird that they run. Uh, but um, so now Arenado put up some insane numbers last year. And I was looking at his stats and we kind of talked about it uh, earlier this week. Um, is he a really good player because he plays at cores and half his numbers are from there? Or is it just is is it just because, you know, maybe he just had a down year on the road? I looked at his splits, and every year he hits better at home than he does on the road, significantly better, average-wise. He still puts up 20-something home runs either either way. Uh, so, you know, something else, I noticed something else that you can always bring up, and that players are always going to want to hit better and feel better at home. Mm-hmm. It's just common. It's just common sense. Uh, you want your batters to feel more comfortable hitting at home. Otherwise, what's the point of having them there? Uh, I mean, look at Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, he played um, 112 games last season. He missed a lot of time, obviously. But uh, he, it just so happens that he played 56 games at home, 56 games on the road. He hit 352 at Yankee Stadium, and he only hit 2, 212 on the road. 
So that's a big drop off. But you right. want you want Aaron Judge to hit better at home. So is it the Coors effect? I'd say it's to an extent, yes, because obviously players hit differently at Coors Field with the air being thinner. But he's still a very good hitter, Arenado. He's still going to hit 20 home runs on the road. He's still going to drive in almost 50 runs on the road. It's not necessarily a Coors effect. It's more of a comfort effect, really. Yeah. The Coors definitely has has its advantages as far as how hard the ball comes off the bat, how far it flies. I get that point. But it's definitely, I think, more of an issue of feeling comfortable at home more so on the road. On the road, you're just not sleeping in your own bed at night. You just It's different batter's box, different uh, uh, mm-hmm. batter's eyes you have to look at. It's 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 just a different feeling for any hitter, let alone Arenado. I think Arenado is mm-hmm. going to play good wherever, he, wherever mm-hmm. he's batting, uh, on the road or home, and he's still going to play defense on the road yep. too, which is absolutely a huge thing. Absolutely. So I don't think it's a Coors. It's only a Coors mm-hmm. uh, field effect. I'm not really worried about that. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. And I looked up. I did look up Judge's career stats because last year he was a shortened year in. He's whole career. He's been the same way. He's hit what was it, three twenty-two at home, two twenty-six on the road, and home runs are fifty-four to twenty-nine. So it's it's over the course of his career, it's much better at home uh, because that's just where you feel comfortable. It's not the Yankee Stadium plays mm-hmm. better than the right hand hitters because it doesn't. It's just a, no. more of a comfort level. Well, it's it's one thing you step in the batter's box and, and you hear people chanting your name, cheering for you, and you you feel like you have that support. Whereas you're stepping in to the batter's box at Fenway. And everyone's booing you, cursing you out, you know, telling you you suck. Right. Obviously, that's going to – players will not never admit it, but it's got to take some sort of toll on a, on a guy. Um, so you just – you can't focus on that kind of stuff. And, you, you know, Judge is still young. He's only 26 years old. I would assume that those numbers will gradually get better over time. He is a professional. He's a good hitter. He's a good defensive player. Right. I think he's the future captain of the Yankees. I mean, Absolutely. I, I mean, he is basically Derek Jeter. I mean, he's built the same way professionally. He's got that yep. same kind of makeup. I'm not built physically. Obviously, he's twice the size of Jeter. But <laughs> but yep. he definitely has that mentality. Uh, he was he, you know he was raised in a similar way Jeter was with parents that you know kind of have that attitude and and that goes a long way as a as an athlete and as a yankee and i see a lot of fans considering him as the next captain i, I don't see how you couldn't he always says the right thing always and he and, and except for playing new york new york in front of boston Rock, yeah that may be a bit that we can we can credit that to him being <laughs> young still he was i mean he's only 26 so of well, course so he's I gonna love, I, I, yankees I think it was great and i'm sorry they, they need villains they need a little uh energy they, they Fans yeah. want Yankees and Red Sox to hate each other. I, I like that stuff. Yeah, I do too. I, I just think it maybe uh, sparked the Red Sox. You know what? Uh, I don't buy that because the playoffs, if you have a chance to go to World Series that, that year, they're going to play as hard as they can every game. It has nothing to do with yeah. the song they heard. No. I'm sorry. Uh, it just doesn't. I, I, don't, I don't see that. And they were also playing it after they won. So. Right. <laughs> but that's, right. that's the Red Sox for you. All right. So back on topic here. Um, that's Arenado. I wouldn't mind having him. I would say it's not the end of the world. If the Yankees acquired him. He's a great player. He, he's a professional. He has that makeup that makes, that makes sense for the Yankees. If they have the opportunity for it, I say, go for it. Signing him in the offseason, trading for him. Sure. Why not? Uh, I just, I don't see it happening. Well, this also gives the Yankees another year to look at Andujar. Everyone's writing Andujar off because it's rookie year. Listen, he was a rookie. He could, take a huge step next year in his defense mm-hmm. and he could hit even better as last year. He already led mm-hmm. all rookies and doubles last year. He could, That's true. he could be even better this year. Mm-hmm. I think we need to give Andrew Hart another year and maybe Yankees feel more comfortable going forward with him than uh, Arenado next year. I think we have a lot to see over the course of this season first. That's true. And and you bring up a very good point, you know, and Andrew Hart had a phenomenal season as a rookie and he could get even better. He could hit 40 home runs next year. He could improve on defense. Uh, my concern is, what if he does? Right. Well, no, yeah, I'm looking at it. And, and you're right. And and I'm looking at it more of, well, could his value be at its highest right now? Possibly. It could not. He's working very hard. I mean, I've seen a number of things on 
social media, showing him working out, trying to improve his agility, trying to work on his on his fielding. And mm-hmm. you know, you have guys like Reggie Jackson and and legends saying that he can get better, and he can. He's still young. He is very young. Right. He, Jeter made. I can't remember how many errors he made his rookie season. He it was more than Andujar, I know that. Yeah. So, you know, and Jeter won gold gloves down the road, and he, and yep. he stuck with the Yankees his entire career. You know, if they don't sign Machado, give the kid a shot. You're right. Let him try it again. If he, if he can, if he repeats or improves upon his season last year, then I would say you found your cornerstone. Yep. Another building block. Uh, if he regresses, and he regresses in a big way, then maybe you start leaning towards a guy like Aaron Otto. Yeah. All right. We'll see. Well, t- only time will tell, especially with guys that, that, as young as him. So. But as far as the rumor that popped up, I don't see that happening right now. No, me neither. I don't, see, I don't, I don't see, see, see them trading. I don't see them trading for him. No. All right. So we kind of talked about what, what has happened thus far this offseason um, around surrounding the players. We mentioned earlier in this how, uh, you know, pl- there are guys speaking out against how free agency has been handled so far, how people, players are being undervalued. Um, and, I mean, there could be a potential strike coming up uh, when the CBA meets for the next time. And, and there are a lot of guys that are just not happy with how things are going. I mean, what do you, what do you have to say about that? Brad? Yeah, so you, it's, it's strange, and it's not good for a sport. When you have two of the best players in the generation only have two or three teams in on them at most. It's a problem for the sport. And Evan Longoria brought that up on Twitter. He said, it's a sh- you know, something's going on in baseball we need to really take a look at. There's no reason these two guys should have so few uh, uh, teams in on them. Uh, there's also over 200 free agents that aren't signed yet. And then you had Arietta saying, I hope these uh, players that are in the first three years of service see what's going to happen to them as they get older. It's a serious problem that most uh, players are starting to actually see now. And it it all falls on, I think, the, the team. The problem is that we have too many teams that are automatically thinking they're out of it and they don't want to go for it. There's no reason why the mid those mid-tier teams – can't make a move like to sign Mochado or Harper and get right back into thinking things. But instead, they're all going the Tampa Bay Rays system or the Kansas City Royals system now, and they're just taking their time, being patient, being patient, and then when it's their window, that's when they, they pounce. And it's just, it's just not good for the sport. It's really it's not. not. It's not. And then now you're seeing teams, and it's happening right now with Machado and Harper, where you know coming into this offseason, they were – they were projected to be the first $400 million players. Well, now you get rumors out there saying, oh, well, now they're only getting offers of $175, $200 million. It's, it's not good for the game. And the fact that it's – here we are, it's January 20th, and neither of these guys are probably even close to signing. And like you said, there's 200 free agents that still have not been signed. And last season we saw the, a glimpse of guys not getting signed until halfway through – Spring training, spring training, or yeah. even after the season starts, yep. and that's not good for that's not good for guys developing, preparing for the season. It's not good for the game when you're when like even J J D Martinez, which was one of the and I hate to say it because he's a Red Sox, he was one of the best hitters in the game last season. He didn't sign till almost halfway through spring training. No, and everyone already knew he was going to the Boston. No other team made a play on him. Like it was mm-hmm. incredible how, how few teams mm-hmm. wanted the guy. Mm-hmm. So, so one of the things that has been coming up now is well. Do you implement some sort of free agent signing deadline in the off season? Uh, it's now, I can there, go both ways on that. There, I, there are there obviously would have to be rules that would be implemented along with this. Um, if you were on a team last year and or coming off a big contract, maybe all these guys have to sign before a certain date, like say the winter meetings or the first of the year, and then. Guys that uh, are making a comeback or you know made below a certain number last year, they have another another window, another deadline that they have to be signed by. And if you're not signed by that deadline, then you cannot be signed till after the start of the season, or something something along that lines. Uh, I think that could bring an interesting new level of attention to the game because look at the NFL; they have a signing deadline and. Yep. 
and there's it's a frenzy that day. You get teams signing guys left and right. It brings a lot of attention to the NFL, even when they're not in season. It could do the same thing for MLB, especially when you have big names out on the market like Machado, like Harper. Teams, I mean, that's why I love the 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 winter meetings because you come to that that part of the offseason and you know there's going to be all these big signings, and that was one of the big major disappointing aspects of this past winter meetings. I was expecting all these big signings and nothing mm-hmm. happened. And you see it across social media, you see it across, and it doesn't matter what team is making the signings. It's just, it's disappointing when you, you get all this buildup and nothing happens. And I think it could be good for the game and it could be good for the players as well. I mean, imagine you're a big name free agent, Brad, right? And, and you have a signing deadline and you know that you'll be signed by before January 15th or before the first of the year. You have a certain comfort level now going into spring training. You know, now, now you have time to find a place to live down in, and we'll use the Yankees as this example, you have a, and you're signed by the Yankees, you, you have time to find a place to live down there during spring training. You have a place to live or find a place to live down out in Manhattan or in mm-hmm. the New York area. You know, you, you give your, your family a chance to move. You, you are in a much better space mentally going into spring training as opposed to now you're the same, you're, you're J.D. Martinez in this instance, and now you're getting signed, or Neil Walker, we'll use him, he's a better example. Uh, you're getting signed middle of spring training now. Now you have to rush to find a place. You maybe have to bunk with someone. Your family doesn't go to spring training with you. Now you have to scramble. It's like being traded in the middle of the season. You have to scramble to find all these things, and now there's a, you have that sitting in the back of your mind. There's no, there's no level of comfort going into this season. Yeah. And I, could, I could see a lot of the players bringing that up as, a, as an issue once this CBA expires. I, I think the problem with something like that is then all the leverage goes towards the player, and I just don't think that the owner is going to sign off on that in the next CBA. And it's, it's, it's interesting, but I think all the leverage goes to the player because teams will be on it against the deadline where the players aren't. You know, players will sit out if they need to. They'd like to, they'd like to know where they're going. They'd like to get a fresh start in spring training. But they don't need to. If they know, if they're more worried about getting their money. They'll wait. Teams will have to. Uh, the owners, the GMs will be have their back against the wall. They won't have any leverage. I think that's going to be the problem. I think well, the more the the more likely situation or solution to this, I believe, is going to have to come from the commissioner having. It's going to have to have. It's going to have to talk to the teams and say, listen, it's not good for our sport when we have so many teams not going after free agents. If you guys want to do this, fine, but it's going to be the death of our sport. I think it's going to have to be something like that from the commissioner that's going to be the only solution well, here. Well, you're, and I think you're right. If you're going to put a deadline on the teams, you got to do something that hurts the players as well. Um, and maybe it is a salary cap or some sort of system where you know that your big-name free agent isn't going to get that $400 million contract. He might get one of the highest contracts at that time, but he, you know, you have to give and take something. You have to meet somewhere in the middle. Players probably won't let that happen. So maybe because the players won't let that happen and the teams won't let the deadline happen, you know, maybe that means it's a good compromise. You got to meet somewhere yeah. in there. But it's definitely not good for the game when you get big names not signing halfway through. I mean, look at Le'Veon Bell in the NFL. He held out. Right. He didn't play at all this year. He probably would have put up an insane season because he's that good of a running back but he didn't play it all this year that's because they so, have that stupid uh franchise rule that yeah teams well, that's, a whole different converse, that's a yeah, whole that's, different that's, conversation yeah but but i mean the, the concept's the same he he held out for a big contract from pittsburgh and he and he didn't get it right yeah. so he didn't play now imagine if that was were to happen this past season in the mlb and jd martinez was holding out for a big contract he didn't get it, and he doesn't end up playing that last season. That hurts the Red Sox in a big way. I mean, yeah. They still have Mookie Betts and, every, and all those other guys, but you, you take J.D. Martinez out of that lineup, and it's a completely different lineup. Right. That's why it's a great idea. I just think the leverage would be uh, too much on the player side. You have to find, you have to find something that, something, some sort of sacrifice that both sides would have to make in order for something like that to work. But I don't I – mean, but I see something like that being a possible solution – to prevent some sort of madness like this in the future because it's just not fair to the players. Right. And and it, I think the other big aspect is the fact that teams aren't willing to hand out these big contracts like they used to. Like the Yankees were giving out all these big $200 million contracts to multiple players every all the time. 
You don't right. see that Miguel happening. Right, Miguel Cabrera-type uh, 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 contracts. It's really hurting Tigers now. It is. It is. And and you're not seeing them give out long contracts. You can you might see an annual average value of, of $30 million, which would be a, a big thing. But you're not seeing 10-year contracts, which I can no. see why the players would want it because they want to know they have job security. Right, but, yeah. Ten years, I, I, I sign up for that because you know for ten years you have guaranteed money. That's the thing about baseball is all the money is guaranteed too. Yeah, so something has to be done. I don't know what it will be. I don't know where it's going to come from. But you can't keep having seasons like that. And that is why I think this could lead to another strike. Well, let's hope not. But it's definitely uh, not going to players' way right now. <laughs> no, nope, absolutely so. not. Um, but that kind of wraps up. Uh, what what we wanted to talk about. Uh, we wanted to talk about this last time. Obviously, we ran a little long. Um, we try, we're try. we going to try and keep this around an hour for, or 45 minutes. We went a little long today, but it's just because there's so much to talk about. I'm, yeah. I would figure that during the season, it, these might get cut down a little bit just because, you know, day-to-day. We'll be day. just talking about what's going on in the field yeah. instead of off the field. Yep. Yeah. So there's a lot of off, off the field drama going on um, in every aspect of the game right now. So I can see why it gets lengthened, but... Um, you know, I really, I really do enjoy this, and and it's it's fun to kind of talk about these scenarios. Uh, it is interesting to think, well, you know, what if this rule change was implemented? And maybe we can talk about stuff like that down the line, like the National League implementing the DH and other stuff like that. Oh yeah, uh, it's a completely we'll different conversation. We don't have to get into that, but um, uh, you know, I, I think it is what it is. So let's let's wrap it up right now. Um, it was a, a good chat. A good, good chat. Good chat. A good second follow-up episode. Uh, you know, check us out on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the whole nine yards, and uh, and we'll try and get a third episode in there soon. Hopefully, you know, with some more good things to talk about. Uh, thanks again for joining us. I'm Greg Andriano. Yes, thank you for thank you for listening. I'm Brad McCormick, uh, Brad Chatter One on Twitter, and uh, thank you so much. Spread the word. Spread the. Uh, the video to everyone you know, talk about us, because hey, we'll talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. All right. Thanks, guys. Go Thanks. Again. We'll see you next time.